Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Emma, and today I am joined by a very special guest. Jennifer, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Super excited to be here. This is wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on what is a very rainy Sunday, um, but perhaps fitting for what we're going to be talking about today, a little <laughs> yeah. bit of little bit of magic in the air. So lovely listeners, today we are going to be discussing Jennifer's stunning debut, The October Witches. Jennifer, talk us through it. Where did it come from? How did it start? Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's it is super appropriate that we're having this conversation in October. Um, so yeah, the October Witches is the story of a young witch called Clemmy. Um, actually, she's not one hundred percent that that's her name. It's either Clemmy, Clem, Clemency, or Clementine, and. She has a lot of witches around her who are all trying to influence her and they can't agree on what her name is. Um, and she is 12 and her family are the Merlins. They are a coven of witches who receive their power for only one month a year. And that month is October. So the book opens right at midnight at the end of September as she and her family go to re- get their magic, receive it, it comes down from the stars and Clemmy doesn't know if she'll get her magic for the first time. Um, and then it's the story of what happens when she kind of gets her magic and the very messy coven that she lives in and the witches, the Morgans, their kind of enemy coven who are trying to keep that magic for longer than a month. Um, yeah, and it's a super cozy um fun read it is an adventure and um, but it's like a very kind of family focused adventure it's intergenerational and um, it's about Clemmy and it's the grand tradition of witch aunties <laughs> so she has a lot of witch aunties all of whom are super eccentric um crackling with all different kinds of power um and um it's about Clemmy who is Her main characteristics kind of as a witch are that she's really self-conscious. She doesn't like to feel silly. She gets really easily embarrassed. She's a bit lonely um, and she's very fed up with her family. Um, And she has all those characteristics because so do I. (laughs) Um, And the story came, uh, it's dedicated um, to my daughter who was a baby when I wrote it. So I had the idea at 4.30 in the morning, which is the true witching hour. That is the true witching hour. It's not midnight. It's four. Four is definitely like the creepiest time of day or night. And I had the idea at four o'clock in the morning because it was September and I was laying awake um, thinking about all the cool things we were going to do in October. And I do just love October. And lots of people ask me why. And I'm always like, the weather, it's so great. You know, the sky is blue, but it's warm. It's like light jacket weather today is proving me so badly wrong on that um but I was laying there at four o'clock in the morning being like right so I need to make our costumes and we're going to visit a pumpkin patch and we're going to make cookies and like all this fun stuff and I was like wow October truly is magical and then as the coven of Merlins um that's obviously like indebted to Arthurian legend but the name it like had a kind of weird origin I just read a book which is not a children's book and in fact, it's pretty dark and <laughs> um, called Jamaica Inn by Daphne du Maurier of Rebecca fame. So I just read that book and there's a character in it who's one of, who's an auntie and she's called Patience Merlin. And it's Merlin like with a Y. 
And I was like, what a cool name. So I just like fully stole that name. Um, so thank you, Daphne de Maurier, for that name. And then once I'd got that, I was like, oh, because in Jamaica Inn, like nothing good happens to this woman. She has like the bleakest life. She is so miserable. And I was like, oh, I would like it if she like had a better outcome. So I like, was like, have made her this like super happy, upbeat witch. Um, and so then the coven started to kind of grow around that. And I had never, there might be out there, there might be out there, I don't know. But I'd never read a female Merlin before. And I really wanted like, you know, like when I talk about it with kids in schools, I'm like, I really wanted to make sure that I took the old stereotype of like the bearded wise wizard. And like I've made him into a 12 year old girl. <laughs> and I was like, that's cool to me, like to, to gender flip that. And um, so it's definitely like, yeah, it's a very feminist novel. Um, and it's obviously like a retelling. And King Arthur is in there, but like, just the tiniest little bit he's like the punchline to a joke so so yeah that's the book and that is exactly what we want to be seeing just these young strong heroines who are unapologetically themselves and just unafraid to kind of speak out in the way that Clemmy does um did you always know that your kind of debut novel would be magical kind of Halloweeny or was it just like you said did it just come to you and you thought oh this is it this has to be it um, yes, I absolutely always wanted to write magic, like definitely fantasy. Um, I was the same age as Harry Potter when those books were released. So I was 10 turning 11 when I got my hands on the first Harry Potter. And um, that was huge for me, obviously. And then like, yeah, I've just always loved all magic. Um, so I knew I would write magic and I have always wanted to be a writer, massive writer cliche. My mom says I wrote my first book when I was five. Um, but this book, particularly The October Witches and this like very seasonal story came from, yeah, basically having the headspace to write. I was on maternity leave, I had a baby, I wasn't sleeping so I had quite a lot of time just like sitting with my phone in the middle of the night just not sleeping <laughs> um and it and I wrote it in September so I wrote it in a September whilst gearing up for October and like being like whoa I just love this season this is so magical this is so cool um so I I also important to note I do love Halloween I'm very into it I am a total wuss I, I am so scared. I am not, I don't, I don't want to go in any haunted houses. I don't want anyone to jump scare me. I don't want to see any horror. Um, nothing like, oh, no, no blood, no gore, nothing like that. So that, that is so not my vibe. Um, so sometimes people are like, oh, cool, you wrote a Halloween book. Ooh, spooky. And I'm like, no, cozy, cozy Halloween is what I'm into. So and my family and I, we always do like really big Halloween costumes. They are completely ridiculous. Like we're talking like, giant cardboard trains one year we were the weather last year we were a family of jellyfish with like giant light up umbrellas so we're really into all that stuff but it's like not spooky at all and um, so Halloween in my book I've reworked it to be the night that the magic leaves so the stars stream out of these witches and stream back up to the heavens and just for one night like a little sprinkle of magic is spread across everyone like um, humans, the whole world gets a little bit of magic on Halloween. And that was intentional because I was like, Halloween's got such a cool vibe. And like, I'm very into the autumn festival spirit of it all. Um, but I am not not here for the fear. <laughs> not into that. No, I completely agree with you. If you know, someone suggests a horror film, I'm the first one out the door. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think it's really nice that 
we have this variation and I think cozy Halloween or cozy cozy October is the perfect way to coin that phrase like when again this is going to say probably more about my personality than it should but when I was reading the October witches I kept thinking like oh I really wish I had a pumpkin spice latte right now (laughs) to go along with this because it's such a good pairing um, but I just want to hop back to something that you said previously about the the Merlin switch. Um, and I think particularly in the, in the YA, in the middle grade space, we're seeing this kind of upheaval of the stereotypes that were always men and coming in with, particularly with kind of fairy tales um, and the reworking of those. And I was just wondering if you thought that that was something that kind of the the current YA generation is that what they're craving? They need something different. They want these, you know, stories that they perhaps know in theory, but then told in a different way and from a different perspective. Yeah, such a good question. Um, I feel like it's a reset that's been coming for a while. Um, And, you know, like there's, I felt like I grew up with a pretty balanced literary diet, you know, like in my, in the books that I read, as a kid, there were, you know, still some kind of like, what do we call them? Like those like pick-ass girls, like those, like there were, there were and are some amazing, like in the nineties and the noughties, like when I was reading kid lit as a kid, um, there was like decent representation, but the, the like default, I guess, was that the main protagonist was always male and kind of, and then the sidekick would be female. That was kind of what I saw a lot of. Um, and then there, you know, witches are inherently female. And like when I visit schools, I get kids to describe witches to me. And it's really interesting because they they really lean into those stereotypes and like a lot of just like stereotypes that are just rooted in in sexism. Like these are scary women. We don't like these women. These women are evil. And like within, you know, like the Western culture, which is a very much like these women who've been othered like these women who we are afraid of afraid of them because of they have they sit outside the norm um, and then even you know in things like like Disney's Hocus Pocus like you can you can see we're we're kind of addressing that um but yeah in the in the October witches these are witches for whom the like the patriarchy just doesn't even exist like we don't need to defy it because it's not even there. Like, <laughs> and it was in the writing of it. There was initially one male character um, uh, called Cade, and I was really attached to him, and he was really sweet. But he was like kind of the antithesis of like your big heroic guy going to come in and like save the day. Um, when I was prepping and like researching, because I started writing immediately like as soon as I like had this like oh what if there was magic for one month a year like that would be cool because the thing about magic is like it really needs rules and in the writing and rewriting of this I definitely came up against that a lot you know like it's boring for someone for anyone male or female to have like infinite power and then these witches are you know they've got one month and it's just maybe human nature to go and I want more you know like the Aladdin thing like the wish for three wishes thing like but I, I want more wishes. Um, so this male character, he was in there and their magic repelled him. And it was about how he could still kind of like help them. I'm writing um, a sequel right now. Um, and they're, we're play, I'm playing a lot more with like the concept of knights 
because when I was reading this, I went back to T.H. White and read the, the whole of The Once and Future King. And there's some really funny stuff in there. You know, it's not all heavy. Like it's so it's so witty, but it's so masculine. Um, and the women in Arthurian legend, you know, like nothing good happens to them, like absolutely nothing good. And there's they're so few and far between anyway. And they're always someone's mum. I have a real problem with like in all literary tradition. Well, in Western literary tradition, this idea that mums can't go on an advent on adventures um, that like motherhood like sidelines you and then that's it. You're out of the picture. So it was really important to me that like the October Witches was like a direct and deliberate counterpoint to that. So, oh, we see your patriarchy and we raise you a very strong matriarchy. So there are yeah no male characters in this book whatsoever, um, which is cool. And I'm into that. Um, because there's a mum, there's the aunts, there's the the what the, they're called the young hags in the book. So there's the the coven of young hags. So there's Clemmy and her cousin Mirabel. There are protagonists, um, and yeah, it is about. It was more explicitly in the first drafts about like the period analogy. You know, like this monthly power that comes into your body and disrupts you and it's heavy and it's uncomfortable and you don't know how to deal with that. Um, and a lot, all the like bloody stuff is no longer in it because it's very solidly like a middle grade book. And I'm OK with that. Um, but I love I, I do love like anything about, you know, women working out what their bodies can do. Um, in in YA as well. And I think that's very long overdue. You know, like there are so few books out there where anyone gets their period and like has to manage that. Um, and so it's kind of the magic as metaphor for like the change of female bodies and like working out what we can do and how we manage ourselves and like how we appear to others. Um, so yeah, female power all the way. <laughs> and I think there is loads of it in middle grade and YA. Um, it's just sometimes, yeah, the the male hero swooping in on the back of a horse or yeah, I'm not sure. There's still a lot of those. Um, and I don't I would be really interested to know what the like, is it 50-50 representation gender representation? I don't know how that is split across middle grade and YA. Um, but yeah, the girls, the girls absolutely can be and do anything. So here, here for that. 100 percent it it actually took me a little I can't remember where I was but I think I was probably a good 100 pages in before I kind of realized that we we hadn't met any men and I was like oh this is this is new this is interesting I mean obviously like I'm enjoying myself the storyline doesn't need it like and it's it's just a very interesting um concept I thought and and very important particularly to introduce at this age um, where, you know, from watching all of the classic Disney films that we all watch, bar save maybe kind of Mulan, who saves the day of her own accord, there's this constant kind of damsel in distress princess kind of tradition that we are all not necessarily taught, but we assimilate through that media. Um, so I think getting the the variation as well of female characters within the October Witches is 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 just phenomenal um and Thank another you. thing that I really loved 
about the book was because of that, we obviously get to see a very different family unit as well, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is great. So can you tell us a little bit about the kind of the family relationships between all the aunties? I just I loved all the scenes with them. I can just imagine them kind of bustling around um, like a kitchen, you know, making a Thanksgiving dinner um, yeah. in October. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah tell, tell us a bit about the family. Thank you. They're so fun. I really love the Merlins. I, yeah, as soon as they kind of, they got, they became more and more real to me. They became more and more fleshed out. Um, But they exist within what I call like the grand tradition of eccentric witch aunties, like mad witch aunties. I love the witch aunties in Bewitched um, as a TV show. I watched that when I was a kid. Um, It's practical magic. Uh, like when we went out on submission with the October Witches, we were calling it like Practical Magic for Children um, because that is, I love that film so much and that has two really great aunties in it. Um, and I myself have five really great aunties and they are not quite as bonkers as the Merlins, but they are they are all amazing in their own way. So yeah, the family unit, um, I've like drawn myself a little family tree um, and I, yeah, that might that might make it into the sequel that would be really cool for people to like see the family tree and because they are an unusual family and uh the like why there aren't any men so magic travels down the female line like judaism um so it travels down the female line and these witches therefore like could never be men um there are no male witches they would be absolutely accepting of non-binary witches um but like masculine identifying witches not a thing in this world there are no wizards either Um, and all power like kind of starts and stops with these witches so like in the book that's where the spooky reputation of october comes from you know like these witches would be the makers of everything like so ghosts zombies like it all comes from them and their power etc and um, so there are five aunties um who clemmy and mirabelle like they have their two moms and then there are three other aunties and they are all named after a virtue so there's prudence constance felicity um and at the beginning of the october witches temperance um is dead and uh Flissy is basically kind of gone she's missing so they're down to three aunties and these aunties are just pulling the young hags in every different direction and there's a culture of kind of subservience to them as the bosses and aunt connie is definitely the boss and so yeah it's a large part indebted to my own family my dad and i do have a dad but my dad always like growing up he always called me my mom and my sister the coven like always and we would like gang up on him to like make things make decisions and like do things our own way and like yeah so uh i always like knew that like we had a special kind of female power that came from being together. So that's like, that's a big part of my family. And then um, the fact, the names are family names. Um, So I borrowed my cousin's names, Connie. I had a great, great aunt Connie, who was one of like three sisters. I have um, my, my grandma and she was one of four sisters. So like this idea of there being like a magical collective of sisters is very important to me. And Clemmy doesn't have a sister. She has her cousin Mirabelle, but cousin is like as as important um, within their relationship and their world. And it's a lot about like Clemmy and Mirabelle kind of basically growing together, like moving from distant cousins to closer sisters. Um, so yeah, my family really kind of shaped that. The pop culture I like was exposed to when I was a kid. 
very much like shape that too um and I, I really love their family it's the kind of family that I want the reader to be like oh I want to be part of that yeah you're right like sitting around the dining room table these guys would be like throwing bread rolls at each other and shouting and someone would burn the Christmas dinner and like the whole thing and um, so they're a really like rowdy noisy household in this tiny little house number 15 Pendragon Road which is based on the house I used to live in so it's this like tiny little narrow house it's on the front cover of the book as a little yellow like two up two down and I love that illustration I think it's so so cute um so yeah it's very much like a busy hectic household and then within that Clemmie trying to like find her place and that it also has that vibe of which I had as well when I was a kid you know like where it's a busy household there's lots of older women around I had lots of lovely grand grandmas when I was growing up and there's no grandmas in this but the aunties are basically grandmas they are I haven't quite tackled the age thing with these witches but they are extremely old and we don't ever know how old um, I personally, in my head, have them being well into the hundreds. These are like properly old witches. And so there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like wrinkly, wrinkly, charming, lovely, funny old ladies in this. Um, and I love an intergenerational book. Um, in the edit with my agent, my agent had me like strip, step, no, not strip it back, but like step back a little bit from that because um I yeah I was too caught up in the witches in the old witches just having cups of tea and like having a nice time and she was a bit like a little more action and a little more agency for the young hags so I learned a lot about writing in the process of this and the young hags do now absolutely have their own agency but I am maybe not really much of a plot driven person and if I could I would just make really hilarious characters and then just have them sit around and have warm beverages and I would be really happy with that especially as a reader I'd be like oh lovely look at them chat with their warm beverages that's that's the dream right there <laughs> it's like a sitcom in a book yeah yeah I would be totally okay with that <laughs> brilliant that's that's hilarious um it's interesting that you say that kind of about you know obviously Clemmy has such a such a great environment to to grow up in with all of this encouragement and, and positivity and all of her role models um, but I remember you said at the beginning um, when we started speaking about how she is very much still trying to find her feet and she doesn't know if she's Clem or Clemmy or Clemency. And it's it's a very interesting dynamic, I think, where obviously this this matriarchy is so positive in that it's so empowering for, you know, fellow female witches who were kind of finding their feet. Um, but I also wonder if in in the book perhaps for Clemmy and also in in life is that sometimes too much do do kind of the younger generation see all of this and take on and try and embody too much of the okay well you know all my aunties are like this and my cousin is like this so I need to be the same and um do do we think Clemmy has has a little bit of that throughout her journey as well Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I think I think no matter what your household is like when you're growing up, you you need to be self-determining and you know ca carve your own path and like they talk a lot in the book about the way, like the Morgans have the Morgan way, the Merlins do things the Merlin way. So the Merlin witches channel their magic through their hands, the Morgan witches channel their magic through their eyes. Um, and Clemmy has all this magic inside her, which has like kind of come down 
And it's, you know, today if she has not necessarily consented to this, she's just suddenly like, whoa, I am full of magic. What is going on here? Um, and she needs to find her own way. And like none of the kind of the ways of her family are working for her. Um, and I I know, I know like, you know, middle grade fiction also loves a mystery. So there are kind of layers within the family. There's also... There's the older generation of aunts and then beyond that, even like in deep, deep history, kind of back to the Dark Ages, Arthurian times, there are there was the original Merlin and the original Morgan, who they are descended from. Um, and there's a lot of mystery surrounding these two witches, what their relationship was like. But it is about, you know, kind of women's relationship with with other women, like what that looks like and the original Merlin and Morgan had this like epic battle and their sisterhood like kind of really fell apart. So it's about the kind of pressure on the young hags. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. As you said, for them to like become their own people without the pressure of like history and like family and like it, legacy is something that, yeah, I think is interesting and cool to write about um, because they the young hags kind of have to like break free of like what's basically a toxic le legacy and like find their own path um so yeah it's that journey thing isn't it like that very classic like middle grade journey of like what are they going to do where are they going to go and like so the booksellers who've been so kind as to like recommend it and put it in people's hands um like largely describe it as like the story of a young girl finding herself and I'm just a bit like yeah cool that's that sounds about right to me I'll go with that yeah <laughs> Amazing. Well, lovely listeners, if that hasn't sold you on this gorgeous book, then I don't know what else will. Um, but just to get to know Jennifer a little bit better, we have some lovely October Halloween themed questions just to finish off. Um, so, Jennifer, I know we've touched on the fact that we are both not horror fans. So as a result, do you have a favorite Halloween film and what is it? Yeah, so um, in the kind of like more middle gradey category, the eight to twelves, um, Hocus Pocus, the original, the Disney film. We watch it every year. This year we like had a whole viewing party to see Hocus Pocus two. It's a it's a whole thing. I really identify with Winnie. Like I, she is bossy, like I am. She's got that big sister energy. That is absolutely me. I love Hocus Pocus. And then more like YA slash grown up films. Um, we really like The Craft as well. Um, and I have a best friend who we've been best friends since we were like eleven, maybe ten, and we watch The Craft together every year. And it's absolutely terrifying to me. Um, but like in its very niche, but. For any grown-up readers of The October Witches, there are some references in there, which I just put in for my own enjoyment. But there's a reference to the craft in there. Um, in the craft, the witches get on the bus and they say, or they get off the bus and they say, we are, he's like, go careful. The bus driver's like, go careful out there, it's weird. And they, they turn around and they're like, we are the weirdos, mister. Um, and that is, there's something very, very similar to that in the October Witches and my lovely line editor Emma was like what's this what's this line here I don't get it and I was like you don't need to get it that's for me that's purely <laughs> for my own that's for my own enjoyment there's a Beyonce reference in the October Witches I basically was like I'm going to stuff it full of all the women and things that I love and um, so yeah Hocus Pocus and the craft but the craft with the like caveat that the craft is genuinely a little bit too spooky for me and I can only handle it because I've seen it every single year since I was 11. So I know so what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> you've been practicing. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't now jump out of my seat like I did the first couple of times, but I am still a bit tense and stressed the whole way through. But it's, you know, like it's the good kind of stress. The good kind of stressed. Well, yeah, there you have it, folks. The good kind of stressed. <laughs> okay. Next question. If you had a familiar, what would it be and why? Yeah, definitely not a cat because I'm allergic. There is never going to be a cat in these books. There is instead in the October Witches, there is a very tiny pony. That sounds awful. That sounds like I really don't like cats. I do. They just make me sneeze and make my eyes well up. My daughter was just like to me the other day, we can't have a pet, mama, because you sneeze. And I was like, I am so sorry, but that is so true. Um, I would love an otter. Ooh, I, I feel like that would really limit me. Um, I would also really like a donkey. I really like donkeys. Again, I'm allergic. I'd have to take an antihistamine every single day of my life, but it might be worth it. Um, donkeys, I am I am a sturdily built human being and so are donkeys. So like I feel a natural affinity with them. They look grumpy. I look grumpy. They've got big ears. My ears are probably not as big as theirs, but I still re- I admire their big ears. And female donkeys are called Jennies. So that's that's me. That's me. Donkey. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a donkey and I'll just ride it around town. I think that's a great choice, to be honest. Okay, cool. <laughs> I think you've done well there. What would yours be? Oh goodness. Um I'm trying to think of what the Patronus I got for my Harry Potter quiz was because oh, okay. I was hoping that would inform it, but I can't remember what it was. Um, but I have been told that I have a likeness to uh, meerkats, and I love oh, meerkats. Oh, cool! Yeah, um, I I can see that. Yeah, that would be cool. It's they're, weird. They're charming. They're charming. That, I just that find would be lovely. I just find them really cute with their little hands. Yeah, they kind of scurry around. Um, they so, are yeah. also very. They're a very community focused animal as well. They're very busy. They're very supportive of their pals. Yeah, I've seen them in the zoo and they are they look like they're just having the best time. I think that's a good shout. I like that about otters too. Otters look just really happy. They love to snuggle. They have a little pouch. They keep their tools in and they look cuddly. Yeah, their babies are super fluffy and yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. There are no familiars in the October Witches, um, but there are, there is like one very important pet. But yeah, I would be stressed about having familiar that I had to fit in my tiny house (laughs) yeah I think that's a fair point yeah (laughs) Um, and last but not least what is your favorite pumpkin based treat if you do like pumpkin yeah I do absolutely all of them all of them Uh, I don't I'm not a pumpkin spice latte girl and because I don't drink coffee and I feel like that that is more of like an American thing in a good way but it's like a I'm not a Starbucks girl either. So um, I, but pumpkin itself in everything, love it, here for all of it. Um, so we do pumpkin cookies that are really good. I make a really nice pumpkin cake, um, which is really cool. It's like a, yeah, it's like an autumn show. I'm not the best baker, but I, something about autumn makes me pull it out of the bag. So I'm into that. And um, then pumpkin itself, love a pumpkin risotto pumpkin seeds yeah I'm, I'm down with absolutely all of it at the end of the October witches the young hags want to never ever see a pumpkin ever again and I think that could be me if I overdo it you know this or this um this autumn a, a really lovely writer who I really admire and respect Stephanie Burgess said she was going to read the October witches every October 
because she loved it so much and it's so cozy and I was like that is so kind of you and that's so lovely and I will probably do the same not reread but like I will probably always like have a very special place in my heart for October because now of this book and like lots of other factors but I also need to keep the joy to just October and not let it overspill so I'm gonna have to be careful not to like yeah overdo the pumpkin treats <laughs> I think that's a safe bet you don't want to don't want to yeah. have too much and then you know it'll get to September at the end of September and you'll be like oh no not again I know exactly exactly so yeah I will go I actually have a pumpkin in my fridge right now ready to be roasted to go in a risotto so I will probably do that and then I will probably eat no more pumpkin for the rest of the season I have a super sweet tooth so I'm like also here for you know like toasted marshmallows the trick and treating candy like all of yeah yes yeah so good I don't love the the American thing of putting the marshmallow on top of the sweet potato though that's weird I've never heard of that but oh it's so I weird. don't think I'll be trying it no I've got a lot of American family and they are into that and that's okay and I respect their choices but, but no personally no <laughs> well lovely listeners if that hasn't made you hungry then I don't know what will because I need to go and find myself a pumpkin to pick now Jennifer this has been so much fun thank you so much for speaking to us today Thank you. Thank you. No, it was so lovely. And thank you so much for having me on and letting me ramble about these rambling witches. Um, and thank you for your lovely questions as well. They're really, really cool. Well, it's been absolutely phenomenal speaking to you and very magical in nature. And if any of our lovely listeners would like to find you, what socials are you on? Oh, that's such a good question. I never know. Um, I was uh, really trying with TikTok for a while. Jennifer Class, an author. I still post the occasional ridiculous things. Um, and Twitter is J Clarson with an underscore at the end. And um, because I'm wildly inconsistent and not very good at social media. I have a website. It's jenniferclasson.com. And like people can message me nice stuff there, which has been a really lovely, really lovely to hear like reader thoughts. So, so yeah, thank you. Gorgeous. Well, lovely listeners, that is all the time we have today. So I will say, as we always do, take care, stay safe, and most importantly, keep on reading. <laughs>